All right, I think we're getting a little bit of feedback. There we go. Am I on? Check, check, check. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians. Everybody say Ephesians. Ephesians. There you go. Ephesians chapter 5. If you did not get any of the notes, okay, that uh, we printed out, uh, would you just raise your hand? Today we're talking about a topic that is extremely important. And so I'm going to ask our welcome team if you guys would, if you have your hand up, if you raise your hand real quick, and we'll, uh, we'll get those notes to you. So while we're doing that, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Anybody else? Raise your hand. It's all good. I really want to make sure that you get these notes, okay? These are extremely, extremely, extremely important, and I'll share with you why. Keep your hands up. If you still haven't gotten them, we'll get them to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. Let's, um, let's begin with the word of prayer. I feel like we, we need to begin with the word of prayer. Father God, we come before you, and I'm, I'm going to talk on a topic that um, I know may not hit every person, depending on the stage of life that they're in. But I really believe that this, is, this conversation, it is so vital for our generation today. And so, Father, I pray that we would see ourselves as, as the vision carriers of what your word says. And as it comes to this topic, God, I pray that we would take responsibility to share with others what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, Lord, I ask that you would help me not mess this up. God, help me to communicate it to the best of my abilities. And God, I pray that you would help us to focus for the next 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Ephesians 5, 31, it says this. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother will leave them and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. Everybody say one flesh. flesh. Verse 32. This is a great mystery. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So today we're talking about dating with purpose. How to biblically guide your mind, heart, and body, and I'm going to do what I did last week. How many of you were here last week? Raise your hand. All right, several of you were here last week. I, many of the principles that we're going to find today are what I call transferable. You can, you can apply them in other areas of your life. You can apply them in other relationships. You can apply them to your marriage. You can apply them to your friendships, your coworkers. And hopefully, hopefully every single one of you will take some notes, okay? My, the main portion that I want to share with you is, I think it's like the section six, uh, seven steps to perfect dating. That's the main portion. But what I want to do is, I, here's what I've done. I've talked to our students um, a couple of times on this same content for a little bit over two hours. And I want to get, I want to grab all of that content and I want to give it to you in about 26 minutes and 30 seconds, okay? So that's, as a communicator, that's a challenge. But here's, here's, the, here's the thing. I've been here five years at this church, okay? So September is five years for us. Uh, I have never intentionally spoken to, like, about dating to single people. And I really wanted to communicate this. I thought about breaking it up and doing it like a miniature series. But when you talk about a subject like this, you 
obviously you isolate a group of people who are not married and they're not dating they don't care about this topic and so my heart is like man how do i how do i talk about something that i believe that is extremely important but that doesn't necessarily apply to a lot of people in in the room whether you're following us online now let me ask you this let me ask you this okay so basically what we're going to do today is i'm going to give you the highlights okay i'm not going to cover everything and i'll try to you know tell you where i'm at on those notes we're going to follow those notes verbatim um but i'm going to skip around a little bit okay and um and so um how many of you know someone who's single would you raise your hand you know someone who is single okay phenomenal um how many of you have been married more than let's just say 10 years raise your hand real quick more than 10 years Okay, those of you, you don't have to raise your hand for this, but if you've been married more than 10 years, have you ever heard a piece of advice for your marriage that completely and radically changed you? Like, you heard something, and it was a game changer, and you said, you said, man, I wish, I wish somebody would have said this to me five years ago. Maybe you're in divorce and you find yourself in that, in that position. I just wish somebody had told me that piece of advice because I really believe that my marriage would have been so, it would have been saved maybe, or my marriage even now would be so much better. My relationships would be so much better. So my hope, one of the things that I try to do as your pastor is, I try to, what I, it's, it's what I call preventative medicine. I try to give you things that are as practical as I can make them so you can apply them to your life. And here's my heart. Here's my heart. If you're a married person here today, my heart is that you would take this notes, you would let this information, soak it in. This is about, I would say, 25 plus years in the making. Okay, so these are not some notes that I just wrote this week. These are things that I've learned about relationships, about dating since I was in college. And to me... There is nothing more practical that I can give you on dating and relationships than what, what i just given you. I don't usually do notes, and, um, and so today is a little, little bit of a special uh, time, okay? So look at, if you would, top of page four. Top of page four. Also, I believe that we have the notes online. I believe there's a link so you can follow us along. So page, top of page four, it says... Um, basically, uh, seven steps to step in, uh, to dating, and then there are three types of relationship. Okay, and um, so the first one is casual relationships. Um, that's when you date maybe one to four times, organized functions. Uh, maybe you're going to a football game. Maybe it's a school event, church, but you're doing it with other people, with other friends. That's what I, I am calling casual dating. All right. Now, if you keep hanging out with that person, then you know relationship. You get a little bit closer, and it's it's a little bit more. It's more times than classical dating, but maybe you're meeting at like outside organized events, uh, maybe without friends. Okay, that's what I would consider. I would call close dating. That's a close dating relationship. Today, we're going to talk about the third one. Okay, so as I'm communicating, the majority of the thoughts that I'm, that I'm sharing with you is from this perspective of a couple who are not married yet, but they're thinking, 
uh, committed relationship, okay? And that's even more times than a closed dating relationship. They're not dating others. It's exclusive. And that's when you begin to really influence each other, okay? And this is, this is what I told our students um, the last couple of times that I spoke to them. This is not something that I encourage young teenage uh, boys and girls to, to spend time on, okay? I said, you are way too young. You got the rest of your life to date. You know, you can, you know, grow up a little bit, become a little bit more mature, figure out who you are, and, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, that's kind of the advice that I, that I give them. All right, so let's go back to page one, page one. All right, questions to ask about a dating relationship. Letter A, one of the questions you can ask is, what's the reason for seeing this person romantically? Now, let me say this as your pastor. There is nothing wrong with seeing someone else in a romantic way, as long as you keep it within the boundaries that God has established, okay? But there is nothing wrong you know, sometimes preachers get up here and, you know, they, not hear, hear, but you hear them, you know, and it's almost like sex, love, it's almost like that, all of that stuff is of the devil, okay? But you have to understand that God is the creator and the designer of love, okay? And that's why it's so important for you to know this topic. You, you have to know it, you have to understand it, you have to let your heart marinate in God's truth, you have to let your mind convince you of what God's word says. And so this is, um, this is an incredible question to us. What is the reason that I see this person romantically? And you have to understand where that's coming from. But there's nothing wrong, as long as you stay within the boundaries that got established, and we're gonna look at those today, nothing wrong with uh, seeing someone in a romantic way. I'm gonna jump to letter C. Am I seeking my own fulfillment and why? Am I seeking my own fulfillment and why? The greatest of relationships are based on what you can offer, not on what you can get. When I look out and, and have, I have the benefit of being in ministry and, and knowing people who've been married, happily married for 50, 60 years, and some of them are here in this church, and I've always watched and always looked, I've tried to learn. One of my best friends when, when we lived in North Carolina, he was in his 80s, and so he had a great relationship with his spouse, and I always try to learn what is the key. And if I can just kind of put it all into one little nugget, like nugget of truth, I would say, these relationships, for the most part, they're based on what each one of the spouses is offering the other, okay? And so a good question to ask is, like, what am I seeking? You know, what, am I seeking to fulfill my, my own stuff in here, or is there something else going on? Letter D, what am I communicating in this relationship to the other, the other person? Sometimes someone may have feelings for you, you don't have a clue, and... Um, and you may lead them on if you're overly friendly and you may end up unnecessarily hurting them. So a good question to ask is, what am I communicating to the other relationship? Letter E, am I arousing emotions and passions that I'm not ready for? Now, emotions are not bad, okay? Uh, God gave us those emotions. God gave us those passions, but they're kept for, for marriage. One of our students asked last week, last Sunday night, said, uh, he said, um, it was towards the end, of, I, I, I preach to our students, it's deep dive, right? It's uh, what we started every other week for an hour and 37 minutes on this topic, okay, last Sunday night. 
And to the very last second, they were so engaged. They were asking questions. They were like, not a, one, not a single point that I, that I felt, man, I've lost them. You know, like, oh man, I've got to do gymnastics to bring him back up. Not a single, they were, they were like totally tuned in. One of the students, young students, courageously asked, uh, with, like he was there with his peers, he asked, but pastor, why can't we have sex before marriage? And it kind of led into a phenomenal conversation, or a place that's safe, where there's a lot of trust. And of course, I talked to him a lot. The leaders spoke to it a little bit. But in a nutshell, what I said to them is, God created love. He created all relationships. So you have to understand that he knows the potential for hurt. In any relationship, dating, marriage, any relationship, there's tremendous potential for the possibility of someone getting hurt. And I said to, to him and to the group, I said, you know, in the same way that God doesn't give you, like, in, just like you, I said, just like you would not give your, your car keys to a six-year-old girl to bring you something from home that you forgot, you know, it's the same way that God would not give you something that would could potentially hurt you. And I kind of reasoned with them, and I talked to them like, listen, if I had a six-year-old daughter, and you had a vehicle, maybe you're 16, 17, 18, however old, and, and you had your car keys, would you, would you take your, your keys, give them to that six-year-old, and ask her or him to go to your house and pick something up that you forgot at home? And everybody said, no, no, why is that? Because she could potentially, he could potentially get hurt. And the, so the same way is in relationship. God has set some boundaries, and he said, listen, listen, I know relationships more than anybody else. And, so I, and I don't want you to get hurt because I love you too much. And so there are some rules that he established that are for your good. It's for your good. God is for, for you. So am I arousing emotions and passions that I'm not ready for? It's a phenomenal question. All right, I'm jumping ahead. To number two, why do people date? Why do people date? Um, a lot of these, they're not like right or wrong, okay? I, there are some things that I just want you to be aware of, okay? Companionship is one of them. Um, not necessarily the best of reasons, but it's not necessarily a bad reason. Uh, it's you, you've heard me say it's better to be lonely some of the time than miserable all the time, okay? And so companionship, is, it's a... Not a bad reason, like, I, my, because of my personality, I need people around me all the time. I could not live like Paul, like, who was a single man. Like, I, I just couldn't do it. I go into depression uh, if I spend too much time just by, my, by myself. Uh, better, letter B, security, security. Look at what the, the Bible says on the screen, Psalm uh, 84, verse 11. It says this, for the Lord God is our, what's that next word? Our son and our, what's the next word? Shield. The Lord God is our sun and our shield. What does that mean? These are one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Uh, well, the, the sun provides, right? It, the sun provides warmth. The, the, the sun provides light and, and, and a number of other things. So when God says, for the Lord our God is our sun, what the, God's word is saying is, I'm your provider. And then he says, but I'm also your what? I'm your, your shield. What does a shield provide? Protection. Yeah, very good. I am your pro provider. I am your protector. It says he gives grace and glory. The Lord, watch this, watch this. This is so good. 
It's a promise, okay, that you need to hang on to, especially if you're single. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. And so God has you in the palm of his hands. Do you think God's going to go, oops, oh, oh, I dropped him. I dropped her. I don't know what to do. No, 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 no. His love for you is too big to make that kind of mistake. And so uh, kind of a little bit of a side note in marriage, do you know what a woman's greatest need is? Guys, do you know what a woman's greatest need in marriage? You know what it is? Her greatest need is security. Greatest need is security. Like, she needs to know you're not going to cheat on her. She needs to know, man, he's going to protect us. He's going to provide for us. That is, a, there is, there's a lot of needs, don't get me wrong. But the one that rises to the top is she needs to feel secure. Ladies, you know what a guy's greatest need is? It's not that, okay? Not what you're thinking. <laughs> you know what a guy's greatest need is? He needs his ego to be built. He needs to say, you're my man. I love how you do this. There's nobody else like you. He needs, we are some men, we guys are some of the most insecure people on planet earth. And so the question is, or the point is security. Why, why do people date security? Ultimately, our security should come from the Lord right he's our provider he's our protector this applies to so many areas of our lives not just in dating okay and so um some people date because of companionship for security um uh, letter c for test compatibility for marriage um for fun there's nothing wrong with having um somebody to do in Thing, fun things in life um, peer pressure not necessarily the best of reasons but some people date because of peer pressure we live in a culture where if you're not married man you're looked down upon if you're not married it's like and you're a certain age and you don't have kids or you don't have a family like whatever like all of a sudden the culture says you know you got to have kids by this age you got to be married by this age and so at times this this becomes and especially in high school and college you know this become a a, a pressure cooker where you feel like man it's time i got a date i got to start doing something and and you know really your security really needs to come from from the lord and so peer, peer pressure not necessarily one of the best reasons for dating. Um, I listed a few more. I'm not going to get into it because of time. Questions to ask before marriage. Real quick. Um, what is the person's relationship with the Lord? Um, every person should, should be asking that question. Ladies, please, 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 please hear me out. If you don't get anything else, get this. Okay? Don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. You are beautiful inside and out. Okay? Don't, don't say, I think, I think I can, get him, I can get him to church. I don't know if, I don't know, but I think I may be able to get him to church. You want somebody in your life that's going to inspire you. You want somebody in your life that you can look up to. You want somebody in your life that, I mean, and the same for the guys, right? And so it's not just, I'm, I know I'm picking on, on you ladies, but it, it goes both ways. You want somebody, one of the benefits to our marriage, and it's by far, it's not perfect, okay? 
But I, I'll tell you, through all the struggles, through all the difficulties, what I can be super honest about is I have a wife that helps me spiritually. It's not just like one way or the other. Like it's, it's both ways. When one is down, the other one's helping the other one up. When the other one's down, the other one's helping. And so, so don't settle for less. Don't say, you know, I know I should marry somebody that's a Christian. That's probably somewhere in the Bible. But, you know, this guy, I think I can get him to church. He's not opposed. He's not opposed, you know. No, that's the worst thing you can do. Why, why, why bring yourself down to the lowest possible level that's acceptable? And so don't, don't settle for less. What is this person's relationship with the Lord? I let her see, so I'm jumping a little bit. Does he, she get along with others? Uh, if their reputation is like they're always fighting, they're always complaining, they're always whining, don't be surprised if they bring this into the marriage, okay? Letter D, do they have a clear conscience? This is huge. Um, do they have a clear conscience? Sometimes people bring bitterness from the past, Sometimes they, 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 have, um, they have not forgiven themselves. Maybe they had an abortion. Maybe they, they were in a relationship and they made some mistakes and they still have hurt. And they haven't, they haven't, you know, one of the things that's important about life is to keep in your relationship with the Lord is keeping short accounts. And so when, you, when you're looking at someone that, that you're potentially committed relationship, right? Committed dating is what we're talking about. One of the questions that you want to ask is, man, are they, where are they at? Where are they at with, with this whole issue of bitterness, forgiveness, all of that? Do they have a clear conscience? Letter E, do they have purpose in life? Do they have purpose in life? Uh, this is based on age, but um, uh, it seems like to me a sense of direction is always good. Like when you meet someone and you're getting to know them and the relationship's getting a little bit more, more serious, like are they going somewhere in life? Uh, letter F, do they have financial freedom? Um, so, or is mom and dad paying all, for all the bills, right? Uh, do they have a job? There's dignity in having a job. Do they have morals? Would you let a six-year-old kid hang out with them and learn from them? Would you let a 14-year-old boy or girl kind of hang out with them for a couple of months? Do they have morals? Is this something that you can, you can entrust a child with? <sighs> okay, man, I'm trying. I'm doing my best, all right? I'm gonna skip the next two points. I wanna get to the seven steps of perfect dating. All right. So help me out. We have three types. The first one is what? It's, say it. Oh, okay. Let's say it again. Let's do it again. The first one is what? Casual dating. All right. The second one is? Close. And the third one? Committed. Very good. So we're talking about what? Committed dating. All right. So that's good. So these seven steps is for someone that's in a committed relationship. Okay. Um, number one, it's better to wait and know it than to date and blow it. It's better to wait and know it than to date and blow it, all right? Um, you may think that you're ready physically, but you may not necessarily be ready mentally or emotionally or spiritually. And so uh, the Bible says, says this, uh, Psalm 27, verse 14, wait patiently for the Lord. Watch this, watch this. Be brave and courageous, yes. Wait patiently for the Lord. I find that it's interesting that God, in the same sentence that he says, wait, he encourages us, he challenges us to be what? To be brave and courageous. 
I wonder if there's a correlation between the two. It takes courage to wait. It takes, you have to be a brave person. You know, if you're gonna wait sexually and you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna give yourself to anybody else until marriage. If you're gonna wait for God's will to be done in your life, you're making a big decision in life and you're like, man, should I go in this direction with this job or should I go in this direction? You know, sometimes waiting is one of the most difficult things that we'll do in life and so it's better to wait and know it and know this is what God wants for you than to than to date and and blow it all right um step two do not look for the right one be the right one you will find the right one that goes back to Psalm 84 verse 11 no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly so look for the right one don't look for the right one, excuse me. Be the right one, you'll find the right one. Step three, how you get them is how you keep them. This is good. How you get them is how you keep them. If you get them by being yourself, guess what you'll have to be to keep them? You'll just have to be yourself the rest of your life. Now, if you get them and you're not this, you're not, you're kind of putting on an act, an act, you know? There's this whole other person that comes out you know and ladies if you get them by wearing like really 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 you know like inappropriate clothing okay guess what you'll have to do for the rest of your life if it's all about appearances and I'm not saying not to take a shower and not to you know dress up and not to put some makeup on all right that's not what I'm saying but but if that's all you're thinking about okay guess what you'll have to do the rest of your life You'll have to keep that up. Guys, the same way. If you think that you're going to get that girl by impressing them, man, the car that I drive has got to be the right thing. The money that I kind of flash around has got to be the, you know, or the things that I have or my look. If, I, if that's what I'm going to do to get them, that's what you're going to have to do to keep them, okay? So letter B, look at it. It's, I think it's a really good point. And we're, we're talking about like when it's obviously everything is physical, right? A physical bond is the shallowest and the weakest of relationships. And so avoid temptations to the flesh. Romans says this, because we belong to the day we must live decent lives for all to see. This talks a little bit about perception, right? What other people see, it's important, okay? It shouldn't be everything, right? But we should be concerned about, hey, what are people saying about us? It's like, it's not, it's not like one way or the other. Like, it's important to, to, to understand perceptions in your life. Okay, man, if I do this, it's gonna come across in this, in this way. Like not, it shouldn't, you shouldn't take it so far that it's like all you ever think about and worry about is how I'm gonna look, right? So it's neither extreme. But God does say, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in, dark, in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Step four, step four. Dating should be a delight not a duty take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart so the purpose of spiritual 
of, uh, of dating, one of the purposes, and you may have seen this within the context of marriage, but I think it's important for, um, I think it's important for in dating as well. Um, in any dating relationship, you should have three characters. You have God at the top, and then you have the guy and the girl, right? Um, um, and you, you've seen this in marriage, how as the guy is pursuing God and the girl is pursuing God, hopefully they're getting closer to each other the more they pursue God, right? You've seen that in marriage. But I, I want to extend that to, to a committed um, dating relationship. I, I really believe that the, you will never have true union or the closest intimacy, let me put it that way, spiritually speaking, unless you're both doing the same thing, and that's, that means seeking the Lord. Not that you're gonna be perfect, not that you're gonna arrive at any point, but if you're both try, striving to do what God wants you to do, you're eventually gonna start getting a little bit closer to each other. And so, so a um, couple of points on, on this. Uh, B, um, Physical relationships often bring guilt and shame. When it's all physical, okay, or most of it is physical, that's going to be hard to do this. Um, constant arguing is a sign of immaturity, selfishness, um, sometimes also a sign of physical guilt. And so, step four, dating should be a delight. It shouldn't be a duty, a duty. All right? It should be something that you enjoy. If you're in a relationship right now, and it's one argument after the next, and it's feeling guilty, and it's doing this, and it's going forward, and then going backwards. Here's what I encourage you to do. Break off the relationship, okay? And I'll show you how to do that in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to go over our time just a, a tad, okay? Uh, step five, step five. What they are now, they will always be. What they are now, they're always going to be, okay? So kind of get the heart behind this, okay? Basic temperament are formed long before adolescence begins, okay? I know that God can change a person, okay? I know that God can, the Holy Spirit can convict us of different areas, but the weaknesses that you have by the time that you're 18 years old are gonna be this, the same battlegrounds when you're 28 years old, okay? And it's just areas where you just need to, see here, let me, let me explain it like this. When you're dating someone, you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg, okay? Marriage does not change a person. Marriage, maybe you can draw a magnifying glass next to that point. Marriage magnifies who they are. And so who they are right now, don't think, oh, I'm gonna change him. I'm gonna change her. You know, I know I can do it. And so who, what they are now, they will always be. Temper, laziness, excessive shyness, disorganization, jealousy, possessiveness, those are all warning signs. Number six, you guys are doing phenomenal. Every day it is a possible mate. I'm gonna have to skip a little because I wanna get to the end. Um, every day it is a possible mate. Um, they, they should be an asset to you not a liability. It should be a plus, not a minus. And seven, postpone all possibilities if parents are not perfectly pleased. 
Um, with that last point, I just want to um, highlight that, that little thing there at the bottom that says, as a general rule of thumb, intended to provide general guidance rather than precise direction, okay? So each one of those points um, are just a general rule of thumb. I know that not every parent, not every mom, not every dad is a godly person, okay? So this is just a general rule of thumb, and I'll let you read the notes. It's, I mean, I, I verbatim, you have all of my, my notes, okay? How do you break off a relationship? This is so good, okay? Uh, and I hope that if, if you, um, I don't know, maybe, you're, maybe you have grandkids and you can share this with them, okay? Uh, I hope that it would add value. Uh, do it quickly, so don't procrastinate. Um, it gets harder every day. Get to the point. Don't slip it into a conversation, whether it's a phone or text. That's not the right way to do it. Be positive. Say something like, man, this was the best for us. You know, this was, this was um, we learned some things. It's been good. Not all has been bad. Be firm, so don't let the other person talk you out of it. Um, be final. Don't try to make concessions or conditions and agreements. And maybe if you do this, then we'll get back together. That doesn't work. Um, be prepared. Uh, they're not going to take rejection well. So if you're going to break off a relationship, do it lovingly. Do it with grace. Um, letter G, don't waste the lesson. Remember the good, the bad, and learn from it, okay? Uh, the last two things is setting your own dating standards, and then um, the last point that I really want to spend time on. But so with this one, setting your own standards, um, I gave you some examples there, but just in general, you have to know that girls are led by their emotions and their, um, their heart, Okay, just generally speaking, girls are led by their emotions and their heart. Guys, we are a little bit different. We're wired, we're led by our eyes and our, and our imagination, okay? So all I can say is um, get, you know, if you're, if you're at that age where you're dating, you know, write down some, what some, some standards are for you, okay? I'm not telling you what to do, okay? This is between you and the Lord. But what I encourage you to, don't, don't wait, until you're in the back of a car and to set up some dating standards, right? Don't wait until you're in the back seat of a movie theater to like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's, maybe it's about time to, to have some standards, okay? Um, the last point is this. It's never too late to be sexually pure. It's never too late to be sexually pure. Um, God can forgive you if you made a mistake and you need to forgive yourself okay um, David King David uh, God calls him a man after God's own heart he blew it he committed adultery and he wrote these words he said have mercy on me O God because of your unfailing love because of your great compassion blot out the stain of my sins wash me clean from my guilt Purify me from my sin, creating me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you, how many of you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me in this area? Would you pray for me like... Um, I'm having some trust issues with like the future. Like I don't know if that I, like 
that I can trust God with my future. And you say, Pastor, would you, would you pray for me? If anybody like that in here, I see that hand. I see the hand all over the room. Yes. Some of you here, you're saying, Pastor, you pray for me. I want to work on this area of purity. I've blown it before, or it's a big temptation right now. But Pastor, would you pray for me? Listen, there's no judgment from me. And that's you. All I want to do is pray for you. Some of you, you're, you, for you, it may be like this whole idea of loneliness. You're a little bit like me. You don't want to be lonely. And so you, your prayer is like, Pastor, here, my hand goes up. Uh, would you pray that Jesus will be my all in all, through all? That he would fill up that void that I have in my heart. I just can't do loneliness. So I wonder, anybody like that in the room? Maybe some of you here, you're like, Pastor, I need to set a, some boundaries, some good standards. And I need God's wisdom and God's discernment. He's not about rules and regulations, but I know He wants the best for me. And I, I got to really dive deep into this topic and figure out because he, he wants the best for my life and He knows relationships. So Pastor, would you pray for me that I would set some boundaries in my life, a set of standards that I can, that I can ask God and His Spirit to help me through. Anybody like that in the room? Anybody like that online? Father God, you know the, the deepest concern in our heart. God, you know the areas where we struggle the most. You know where we have the, the greatest fear. And so God, would you undo us? God, we just want to just lay it out before you. And we just want to, we want to declare you to be holy and righteous and just and pure and everything that we want to be. And so God, we tap into your presence. God, we, we plug in to the source of all wisdom and love. And I pray that today that there will be people in this room and online that will declare themselves to be holy, not for religion's sake, but that they will say, I am I am a true Jesus follower and if I mess up with His grace and His goodness, I'm going to get back up. And so God, I dedicate these people to You. I pray for them. Do your work. Do your work, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.